0: Hello and welcome to Highlander Newsroom, a program that discusses articles and issues covered in the Highlander newspaper at UC Riverside. My name is Fatima Shalabi, and I'm the managing editor at the Highlander and your host for today. I'm joined by Evelyn Homan, the opinions editor, Kevin Contreras, the sports editor, and Sina Omar, the assistant features editor. We have a few interesting topics lined up for discussion today, so let's go ahead and get started. First up in this newspaper issue is an article written by our system opinions editor David Moreno for our, for our op section. In this article, he argues that confidence is really about faking it until you make it, and that nobody really is confident. They just know how to make it look like they are, especially for first generation students, but also for all other college students. We're often discouraged by our feelings of imposter syndrome. How do you all, how do you all overcome the personal barriers towards becoming confident, Kevin?
1: Yeah, so uh, I've definitely, I know what that feels like to have that little bit of imposter syndrome, right? Uh, but the way I have to sort of um, work through it is I have to just take a look at everything that I've done to get to where I am, right? And it realized that everything that um, we were able to do has been earned, right? I, I guess my most recent example was uh, for the sports page when we were narrating, uh, the live games and we were next to the likes of ESPN and CBS and all that. And so uh, for a brief moment, Hansel and I, the uh, assistant sports editor, were kind of taken aback, right? But then we had to realize that we also put in the work to get to where we were, right? And so, yeah, there is a little, little bit of faking that confidence, but it's also just realizing that uh, your merit counts for itself as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I feel like we've all sort of struggled with this. And I think I mean, it's something as simple as, like, working for the Highlander. I remember, especially, like, now, like, recently, um, because applications were rolling out, um, some of the people that I knew were applying for positions, and they were kind of asking me, like, how do you feel about being interviewed for the Highlander, and, like, what was your experience like? And, like, I kid you not, like, applying my first year, like, to work for the Highlander, I really did not think that I was going to get in. Like, I don't know, it was just kind of, like, with everything, especially like as we're sort of like entering like the job market and starting to like figure out like what we want to do and what career path we want to take. I think there's a lot of like that feeling of being an imposter. And I mean, even just like day to day, like school and stuff. But I like you said, Kevin, I think the uh, as soon as you realize that you worked, you're like you worked hard to become to be at the point that you are now. I think that's something that really helps me get over it myself.
2: Going off of that. I think that faking confidence is still like confidence. If you keep in your head saying, I'm confident, I deserve to be here. I I am the person who deserves this position. If you keep faking it and faking it and faking it, eventually you'll believe it. And nobody knows around you that you're not actually feeling this way. Like those emotions that you're putting out, faking it till you make it kind of, you're still being confident and showing that you deserve to be in that position. at some point, even if you don't believe it, you will believe it if you keep reiterating it. It's like that law where if you keep saying something, eventually you remember it or you you'll remember that you're confident or you'll feel that you're confident if you keep faking it.
3: Yeah, I with I'm a Messina on that. I feel like if you tell yourself anything enough, then it'll eventually be true in your mind. And I feel like a lot of the time we associate that with like negative things like, you know, telling yourself over and over again, like I'm not good enough or I don't deserve this position. So it makes sense that the opposite would be true telling yourself positive things it would have a positive reaction and therefore make you feel more confident even if you don't feel like you are
0: yeah definitely and I think something that actually I think it was last week or the week before one of my professors actually said that the way to like get by and like overcome like these feelings and like these ideas that are like I don't know taking over like your like mental like um your, like, efficiency, like, to work and stuff, just because, like, you're letting your sort of emotions and your thoughts, like, kind of um, get in, like, the way. Something that he said that, like, really stuck with me is, like, how your boss and your boss's boss and your boss's boss's boss, like, in a lot of aspects, they don't know what they're doing, and they're kind of just trying to fit into the role as best as they can. So, I mean, no matter how high up you go, you're always going to feel like you can be doing something differently. And it's going to, like, Like the people around you, like we've been saying, um, don't know that you're struggling with like feeling confident and stuff. So I think as long as you're just trying your best to like overcome it and like not think about those thoughts, I think you can definitely make it. Continuing on to a different section of our newspaper, our editor, our radar editor, Samuel Lau, wrote an article discussing cancel culture and how it's pretty much become a social media trend. He refers a lot to the ongoing trial between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and how social media canceled Depp because of Heard's allegations before he really got the chance to speak up for himself. Have you guys been following up with the trial and whether or not you have, what role do you think um, cancel culture plays in social media nowadays? Sina?
2: I have been following the Johnny Depp trial. It literally, my whole entire TikTok for you page is this trial and everything going on around it and honestly I think that cancel culture is the worst thing to come from social media just because like when you look at something from an outside perspective you have no information except what's right in front of you you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes and that became super apparent with this trial like in the beginning Amber Heard was like Johnny Depp abused me and then the whole trial came out and he was getting fired from all his jobs and he got kicked off of the Pirates of the Caribbean and none of the companies that he was working for was standing by him. And then all of a sudden the trial came out and the court of public opinion is on Johnny Depp's side because there was no information in the beginning. Like you can't cancel somebody based off of what little information you have to begin with.
3: I'm absolutely with Cena uh, with on that. I haven't really been able to follow the trial very much because I'm not very active on like TikTok or anything. Um, but I have been hearing about it and I find it really disheartening. Um, like Sina was saying, Johnny Depp, when this all came out, like lost all of his contracts and everything. And Amber Heard really, she still is going to be an Aquaman too, even though I think Jason Momoa like denounced her and there's a whole petition and everything going on. Um, I just think it's really disheartening. I feel like we've kind of come become a culture, especially in terms of the court of public opinion of guilty until proven innocent. Which I don't think, I don't think it works a whole lot of the time, especially when it comes to things like abuse, because, I mean, why would people like have, why would they lie about abuse? I feel like that's something that's so incredibly important. And even though there may be some bad actors out there who would do that, I feel like in this instance, especially, it's really important to highlight that there are male victims of abuse and the fact that he lost essentially everything before he had the chance to prove that he was the one who was abused is just truly, really sad.
1: Yeah, so um, I've been loosely following the case, right? Only what appears on my TikTok for you page every so often um, and whatever sort of articles pop up on my feed every so often, which I just read the headline. But I think the thing about cancel culture is that it's, although it's well-intentioned, right? It's about um, holding people accountable. It It's very emotive, right? It's very based on emotions, which uh, can lead to people just, Acting very quickly and very in the moment, without, like Cena said, uh, having all the information in front of you first, which can be very dangerous, right? Because, a, in cases like this where someone could be innocent, right there, or like where they weren't given the benefit of the doubt but were found to be right later on, it's very detrimental to their career or just to their personal uh, well-being, right? Like maybe people are starting to shun him, right, and not paying attention to him and i think the other side of it is that it doesn't allow for people to grow past their mistakes right and obviously it's important to hold people accountable but also to provide them a space where they can grow and and see why what they did is wrong or why what they did is not acceptable and so i think allowing people to grow and and change as a person is i think the intention of cancel culture but it was twisted in a way to now it's just shunning them and ignoring them and and stuff like
0: that yeah i mean i think a lot in a lot of cases i think like you're saying kevin the objective of cancel culture is sometimes to basically like point out the like the flaws like the things that people are doing that are wrong but i think a lot of times it just really takes it too far um i think uh, everyone makes mistakes and i mean uh, people that make really like huge um stuff like some of the Hollywood figures that have been canceled do deserve it because of the things that the, the things that they have done are pretty atrocious but I think what happens like what what's negative about it is when it happens to people that otherwise like can change sort of and like become like for small minor mistakes or anything can um they can change from and like kind of grow from I'm kind of like circling back to the trial, I've like kind of kept up with it. I've um, watched like highlights and stuff. I'm not watching it like thoroughly thoroughly and completely. I think it's just pretty heartbreaking that like this had to happen in order for sort of Johnny Depp to like try to clear his name after everything, like after the damage has already been um, done. And then kind of like a follow-up question. I know a lot of people have been talking about it on social media, Um, but what do you guys think it says about like social media as a whole that something like this like this trial um has become sort of a TikTok or like social media trend do you guys think that that's a good thing that it's bringing awareness to it or do you guys think that it's a bad thing and that we're kind of just like um sense like sensationalizing a um a basically a really like bad situation
2: i honestly have such mixed opinions on this trial like I love how it's getting so much traction on social media. Like, that's wonderful. Like, people should be aware of what's going on. But the way that it's getting this attention is just, it bothers me so much. Like, this is a domestic violence trial. And I see people making edits of Johnny Depp, like, chuckling at things he said. Or Amber Heard, like, not pulling out her chair. Or, or, like, people are, like, looking at little movements and things that are happening in the trial and laughing at them. And they're finding it hilarious, like, things that... been said or actions that have been committed or like it's I love that people are aware of what's going on but I also hate the way that the awareness is happening.
1: Yeah I agree with what Tina's saying I think um a it shows like how quickly information spreads through social media no matter how true or not it is and also like how important context is uh because we'll see a clip like you said about the clip of her uh, not having her chair pulled out and she was just waiting for someone to pull it out and they pair it with the way uh, Johnny Depp is being greeted. And so it just shows how sometimes a lack of context can be like distorted through some uncredited person, just some random person on TikTok offering their opinion. And we often just take it as fact just because they're speaking very confidently. And so it just shows how social media can twist things without providing proper context.
3: Yeah, that's pretty much the way I feel about it as well. I feel like too, especially like these cases are very high profile. And I feel like when we have cases like these, they have the ability to spread a lot of awareness about an issue that maybe a lot of people either don't know a whole lot about or even like maybe choose to ignore. But the problem is as well, is that it's kind of a double-edged sword because for every bit of raising awareness, you also have people Like people just come out of the woodwork and are like all of a sudden are like like behavioral like analysis experts or something even though they're 16 and not out of high school yet and they're like oh the way that you know she's slouching or the way that he looked like this um and it's really it's it doesn't it it doesn't even matter in the like grand scheme of things but it gets quite sensationalized in a way that can make people like desensitized in a way so it's it's a great chance to spread awareness. I just don't think that with the way that social media is often used, that it spreads enough awareness about the right things.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree with what all of you are saying. I I really do have mixed emotions on this, and, that, and that's kind of why I brought up that question. Um, on one hand, I feel like it's really pointing out to, I think like Evelyn said earlier, that Um, This entire trial sort of highlights the fact that like men can also be victims of domestic violence. And I think in that sense, like this, um, the social media uh, like attention is doing like a positive thing, but I think it is taking it too far and like having weird sort of like fan video compilations of like just a bunch of like, I don't know, like small minor things going on within the trial. And I think a lot of the times that, um, especially because it is such a high profile case, I think the fact that like all this information, like for the jury to like avoid um, reading any sort of thing or like seeing anything at all on the internet about what's going on with this trial is pretty impossible, I think at least. And so I do think that like social media really needs to like reconsider um sort of the role that they're playing like the larger aspect of like um really like moving from bringing attention to more so just using it as like a trend or you know sort of like um entertainment really and then um going on into a different section of this issue Sina you wrote an article for features about exploring riverside and places to go that are away from campus some of the places you include um, are going to the Game and Food Lab, taking a hike on Mount Rubidoux, and visiting antique stores. I think what I found uh, the most unique and bizarre was what that Riverside apparently has is a home to the largest paper cup um, at a little over 68 feet tall. I guess. Um, what are some of your favorite places to, uh, to visit in Riverside, Evelyn?
3: Oh, I would say my favorite place to visit is probably anywhere downtown. I really enjoy like walking around. I love the antique stores. Um, Even before I started going to UCR, my family and I would always come up once a year to see the Mission Inn at Christmas time and we would always stop in the antique stores. Um, And they're always just so much fun. Like there's so much like random stuff in there um, that I really enjoy. And I think this downtown in general, it makes it really feel like you're in kind of a college town you have to drive a little bit of a ways of course because we're fairly like far out maybe like 10 minutes or so depending on like traffic or if you take side roads um but I think downtown's like it's just such a fun place like really good food really like fun places to go and visit um and I will have to try and check out that paper cup sometime because I was not aware that we had the world's world's largest paper cup
0: (laughs) yeah I mean I'm gonna be honest I weirdly enough I've Grown up like in the area, but I don't live in Riverside. So I feel like I haven't explored Riverside like extensively. I mean, I can probably name like off the top of my head like five places that I go to regularly. I think a lot of the places that were listed on the actual article I have not been to, even though I've lived around it for so long. Um, But yeah, the only place that I've really like visited regularly is um, Fairmount Park, which is really pretty. I think it's the only downside to it is that especially in the summer. There's one, a lot of people and two, a lot of mosquitoes. But I mean, if you can get past both of those, I think it's a really nice park to visit.
2: I think I've gone to every place that I mentioned in the article, but except for the paper cup, which when I found out about it, absolutely baffled me that the world's largest paper cup is literally two miles away from campus. And it's just this like weird Cup sitting in the middle of nowhere on a little platform, and apparently it used to have like stripes on it. And I, me and my friends, when I told them about the cup, immediately started planning like a day just, just because I want to be in the presence of the world's largest paper cup. But even before I uh, started going to UCR, I used to come and like walk around downtown and doing just like nothing and walking around downtown and looking at the architecture is honestly so fun because I think some of the buildings are absolutely stunning.
0: Oh yeah, I totally agree yeah. with that. I think a lot of, yeah, a lot of the buildings are really pretty and they're just like beautiful. Like, I don't know, they look really nice. Kevin, how about you?
1: Yeah, there's a lot to do in uh, Riverside, I think, that a lot of us don't realize. And outside of downtown, uh, one of the most recent parks that I went to was Sycamore Highlands Park, which is really, really nice. Uh, they, it has a really nice view of, uh, like, Riverside and there's, like, mountains in the back and uh, it's really, really pretty. And in downtown, there's also museums. I've gone to the UCR Arts Museum. I haven't been to the Riverside Arts Museum. I really want to go, but it's really nice.
0: Yeah, I I definitely need to check out those museums because I really love going to museums. So it's a little weird that I haven't gone to like the more local ones. Um, And then yeah, circling back to uh, the last article on our list for today is actually another written by David for Features. He gives us sort of a a recount of his skincare routine and also gives us some of his product recommendations. Do any of you have skincare routines or recommendations that you'd like to um, give to those listening?
3: I do technically have a skincare routine. It's just that most of the time I don't follow it um I I splurge a little bit for my my skincare I get like the the proven brand stuff that's all like custom made and everything which is great because nothing has worked so well for my skin but the problem is with me is that sometimes I get home so late from being on campus and like doing clubs and stuff that it's just so much easier to just go to bed and not wash my face and then of course I suffer for that in the long run but I guess I I do, I guess I do want to have a better skincare routine. Uh, I just, I need to not get home so late from clubs.
2: (laughs) My skincare routine is very similar to the one that David mentioned in his article. And honestly, props to David, he has wonderful skin. So I'm going to definitely be picking up some of these um, products that he mentioned. But I think with skincare, the whole thing that always comes down to me, just like Evelyn, is that I'm never consistent with it. Like for two weeks, I'll be every night doing all the serums all the time, every single product that I buy. And then all of a sudden I'll just get busy and I'll stop doing it and I'll just wash my face. And I think with skincare consistency is key. It's just like upkeep. And the moment you stop, you are you break out, but you just have to keep it up.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I have like a small like skincare routine. I don't really do much. Like I wash my like face throughout the day, like several times and then um something that i have is just sort of like for imperfections like blackheads or acne other than and like i moisturize my face other than that i really don't do anything else and i want to do more um i think one of the things that has just been like sort of preventing me from doing more is that there's just a load of information about skincare and like what to do and how to do it and that's pretty overwhelming for me so i haven't like been able to really like sit down and like go and do my own research about what i feel i need for my skin and like what type of skin i have or you know all those things that you need when you're trying to develop a skincare routine so i'm definitely gonna because david like so kindly outlined a few things that we can do like um based off of his routine i'm definitely gonna go and like try to find some of the products um because i think that's that's just so helpful and it really, it really like simplified it for me. So I feel like now I have like sort of a way to like go about, you know, developing a more like thorough skin routine.
1: I don't have a skincare routine. I just got face soap, like a soap specific for my face and I used that and I was like, that's fine. But I mean, clearly David has way better skin than me. He has really, really nice skin. And so I think uh, if he's giving me access to a skincare routine, I'm definitely going to steal it. because uh he like you said he made it so easy to understand and like there's a lot of information out there and it's hard to know like where to start or just simply what to get and what to pay attention to so uh i'm definitely gonna just copy what he does because it works for him and he has really nice skin i really hope it works for me
0: yeah i mean i think something that we can conclude like this newsroom episode like off of is basically david has really nice skin (laughs) i think but um Yeah, so that's all for our newsroom episode today. If you'd like to learn more about the topics covered today, read the articles on our website, highlandernews.org, and catch us on Instagram at the Highlander UCR. Thank you for listening in, and we'll catch you next week.